0: Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday, May the 7th, 2018. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. I mean, we had all kinds of, it was Cinco de Mayo or Cinco de Drinco, as it's known here in the Valley of the Sun. The Kentucky Derby uh, was run yesterday. Everybody with their hats on, or was that Saturday? I think it was Saturday. My bad. Saturday. The favorite's all one and and all of that other stuff. The heat, somebody is turning on the thermostat. It's going to be well over 100 degrees all week and, uh, you know, just getting ready. And here, I will say this. you got to survive one summer. After you survived the initial summer, it gets better. And you're like, oh, 106? That's not that bad we don't we don't get to especially if you've lived here for any length of time everybody will tell you anything above like 112 now you're getting ridiculous really probably 110 is probably the number anything over 110 yeah you don't go outside but uh summer is coming and and i'm gonna crude oil busting out through the seams uh you know remember a couple months ago, I told you if oil broke sixty six, sixty six, which it did, is going to go to seventy. Uh, now approaching seventy one dollars a barrel. Uh, the Iranian deal—we're getting ready, I guess, to end the Iranian deal. Venezuela is in complete free fall, total meltdown. I, I've been hearing reports that some of the oil companies have been confiscating uh venezuelan oil resources i I guess the ships i'm not sure exactly what but uh venezuela may not be able to produce any more oil uh, so get ready uh but don't worry they'll tell you that there's no inflation but one of the things that i thought was really interesting is remember we don't know what's going to happen i mean let me rephrase that we do know What's going to happen? We just don't know how it's going to play out. As an example, we know the Federal Reserve note is going to zero. We do. How do you know that? Because all fiat money goes to zero. It's really—it's not worth anything. It's a piece of paper with some, uh, you know, nice printing on it. It's no, there's nothing behind it. There's no gold behind it, right? And when you accumulate debts that you can't repay. Your currency collapses. And this is exactly what's happened to Venezuela, and it's going to happen to Greece and Cyprus, and it's going to happen here as well. What we don't know, so, so that's no. You know, if you press any of the Federal Reserve people, the bankers, they'll tell you that, right? Ken Rogoff wrote the book about it. Right, the curse of cash and how it always goes to zero. Why? Are, and I tell you, I try to educate you uh, in history. Why was it that our founding father said the money needs to be gold and silver? Because they actually had real live examples. Right, the whole Boston Tea Party thing. Right, that's what it was. I was about script money. Right, it was about Federal Reserve notes. They just weren't called Federal Reserve notes at the time. But what I did, what I, what I will tell you today is I'm going to give you an idea. If things break down and you need to barter, right? And, and remember, we hope that it's an organized event, right? right? That's, that's what we hope. That's the best we can hope for. As the debt starts skyrocketing, and, and whether what they want to call it inflation, stagflation, some form of flation, in whatever form it may be, what is it going to cost? How is it going to work? And we've got that for you today. Our toll-free number, 800 951 The website, by the way. Today's one of those days where I honestly could have done the whole show on just I, – I could have probably done three shows on the news that's up on the site today. Ramon knocked it out of the park. So many great places to go. But I want to I wanna focus in on a real live example. It's happening right now. So we saw uh, – think about what we've seen over the last
1: few years,
0: right? We saw Cyprus where overnight you lost 40% of your money, right? We saw Greece, right, where, where overnight the banks were closed. They still to this day limit how much cash you can take out of your bank. You couldn't close accounts. You, you couldn't get your money out, right? You couldn't do any of those things. And then they started with what the taxation, and of course taking a uh, cutting everybody's pensions and all of those things, and, and uh, being having caveats put on how much their government could spend. And I guess you could call those organized. And then you have what's occurring in Venezuela right now, and and this is one of those ones where where, you know, when when it plays out, a lot of people, well, how would it work? And I always tell people, you know, it just does, right? The black market, it really, when you think about Adam Smith and the, and the invisible hand and, and capitalism will find a way, they'll find a way. Hey, I've got too much of this. I don't have enough of that. Let me figure out a way of taking what I've got too much of to get – you know, the stuff I don't have enough of. Or, hey, I've got a skill and I can do this. And in return, I need the following. I'm going to tell you what's happening in Venezuela and what it's going to cost. So you guys can get a feel for why it's always good to have some fractional stuff laying around. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 109510592 the website at allamericangold.com make sure you get out there today it's a banger it really is um talking about how would it work and how would a, a barter system come into play you know when when money dies you know how does it play out and of course venezuela is going through that as we speak right? We haven't talked a lot about, uh, what's been happening there. Uh, but essentially, you know, the, they're, they're weighing the money, right? Because it was too much to count. And then the scales at the supermarket, you know, they didn't go over a hundred (laughs) pounds. Unfortunately, the cost of products did, and they were having a real hard time. And now, uh, what they call, you know, that hyperinflation, stagflation, it really doesn't matter. What it means is it doesn't matter how much you make. It's just never, never enough. And seemingly every day, it costs more. You know, Eric was, you know, he would tell the story about how it would happen. You know, when you got into the cab, it would cost this much. And by the time you got out, the price had double, right? And, and that's what's happening. Uh, in Venezuela as we speak right now they talk about Bloomberg was writing a story about life in Caracas which is i believe that that's the capital watching economic and social collapse in real time in Venezuela right now a hair a haircut so you want to you want to get your hair cut it cost five bananas and two eggs. That's the price for a haircut. One one guy said the other day, I made a baguette for a parking swap. I guess you know he needed to park his car somewhere, and and, and uh, he was able to do it with a baguette. And and they're talking about how the currency. Devalue so quickly that most of the people now, this is how they get things done. The guy with the parking swap, he was able to leave his car to go to a bakery. And in exchange for leaving his car, he came back and gave the attendant, right? So he's at a parking garage. (laughs) You know, the parking garage, like you park downtown to watch a baseball game at five or ten bucks. Uh, in Venezuela, now, you hand the parking attendant a baguette, and uh, in return, he got some spare change, which really doesn't buy anything, but this is how things are happening. A barter in the countryside, a barber in the countryside cuts hair for yuckus, I'm not sure what that even is, And bananas, eggs. Motor taxi drivers will get you uh, where you need to go uh, for cigarettes. So, you know, kind of like prison cigarettes are uh, of high, I guess, high value. Uh, The owners of one of my favorite Mexican restaurants offers a plate of burritos, enchiladas, tamales, and tacos in exchange for paper napkins. I'm just, you know, a fast food joint near the office. The guy walk, uh, working the register let me walk away with a carry out order of chicken, rice, and vegetables without paying the other day, relying on my promise to come back with 800,000 bolivars. <laughs> right? So the guy's like, hey, I bought chicken, rice, and vegetables. And it only cost me 800000 know, Imagine if it was $800,000. Acting on this kind of trust was unheard of a few years ago. Charity is also something new. I didn't grow up with the traditions of canned food drives and volunteerism that are common in the U.S. Now, parents for my kids' school collect clothes for the poor, neighbor gather toys uh, toys for the children at the hospital. Uh, A friend of mine, who's a property rights lawyer, delivers homemade soup to the homeless. You know, this is how it goes. And think about your situation. And you start thinking about the what ifs. All right? And, and and again this isn't meant to scare anybody this is just what happened right could you could you function with $20 a day like they forced the people in Greece to do could you function if overnight they confiscated 40% of your bank account which they did in Cyprus could you function in Venezuela if, let's just say, you know, hypothetically, I don't have something to trade. I don't own chickens. I don't own a garden with vegetables, and and, uh, I don't know how to make tortillas, or better yet, I'd like the materials needed to make tortillas. Again, this is why silver uh, fits that role so well. Tenth ounce gold eagles fit that role so well. And this is it. This is happening right now, right? This isn't some you know far away place, some um, you know that the, some side of the world that you've never heard of. I mean, this is right here in our hemisphere. Right in, right in the southern hemisphere, we have another currency that's collapsed. And remember what I told you when it happened in Cyprus, when it happened in Greece—that it, it, it doesn't end there, right? How about something a little closer to home? What's happening in Puerto Rico right now? Nobody talks about, it. right? They'll talk, oh, the power's out again, and the power's out, the power's out. They don't want you to know how it's functioning. And of course, they don't have money. Why? because of debt. They were unable to service their debts. And you start thinking about every, I guess, great mind out there, every great economist, every great quote, and I'm using quotes on great, all of these great bankers out there, they're all saying it. In 10 years, we're going to be paying a trillion dollars just in interest payments. If they're saying a trillion, what's the real number going to be? Because you know, right, they always give the, the rosiest predictions possible. Like the tax cut. 3%? Oh, no, these guys don't know what they're talking We're going to grow 4%, 5%. Now, guess what? Three may be too high, Right? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Obamacare. Yes, it's going to lower the debt. right? <laughs> it's going to make your premiums go down, and it's going to lower the debt. Yep, your insurance is going to be less. You're going to get more coverage. Everybody's going to have it. And somehow it's also going to reduce the deficit. Every time, it's always much worse. So if they're saying a trillion dollars in interest alone, what is it really going? That's what the part, I, I don't know. I got an idea. I mean, law of averages is usually it's at least twice as bad, if not three times as bad. Could you imagine if we are spending $3 trillion just to make interest payments? And you know what? That may be conservative. And then you start thinking about it. most of these people, and it's so incredible how naive people want to be. I just named three countries in the last five years that have all, and it's and, and they, all tied together. See, they want you to think somehow that these countries are one-offs. No. This is all tied together. And it's gobbling up countries little by little, right? Just like we talk about the pension problems, right? It's gobbling up these cities, uh, California cities, Illinois cities, all the failed blue states. And eventually what? It's going it's to take down the states, which then is going to have to borrow from the federal government. And then eventually what? The federal government class. And it's always the same problem. Debt. It's what it comes down to, and so now here's what you need to believe. This is how this is how they pray that we're this dumb, and you know what? By and large, we are, right? Because we're always optimistic. Who is it, right? Yeah, we'll find a way. Yeah, and 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 the way we found was we just keep kept adding to the debt. And remember, they told us stuff like, "Oh, as long as the debt's not three percent of GDP, it's okay." It's five now. (laughs) It's five now. The problem is, in a few more years, it's going to be 10, then 15, then 20. You see what the problem is? They took interest rates to zero and left them there for a decade. And what did they do? Did they pay down these debts? Well, wouldn't that have been a great idea? Uh-uh. Nope. They didn't pay them down. They made them twice as big and then told us they fixed it. Then you start thinking about what that really means. Because while they quote-unquote fixed it, they started rewriting laws. Laws about your bank account. Laws about your money market accounts. Laws about your 401Ks and IRAs. Remember, the bailouts and yes, we're not going to do that again. And they were just too big to fail, remember? Too big to fail. These same banks that are too big to fail, they're twice as big now. (laughs) I got a great idea. And we know logically this doesn't make sense. If something is too big, what is the solution to something that's too big? Make it smaller. Instead, what did the bankers do? Made it even bigger. Does that make sense? Of course it doesn't. Then they started talking about bail in. Right? Now, what does that mean? That's right, the tax bu- – we're not going to bail out these And I know a lot of people were sold to you as, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. We're not bailing out these bankers next time. They took away my house. I, I, I lost everything, right? These guys need the same. That's right. We're not bailing them out. Unfortunately for all of us, all they did was change the law to say the depositors are going to bail About I mean, either way, you're on the hook. And trust me, if one of them goes, they all go. It was never intended to fix it. It was intended, what, to extend bias some time. And then last week we kind of saw uh, the writings in the St. Louis Federal Reserve of what they really talked about. You know, because I always wondered. What do these bankers talk about during their meetings and a day-to-day basis and they go out and they they try to lecture us about how they know how to fix this and they know how to fix that and they can't ever see any bubbles and they, they all they do is try to fix stuff. Like they're the good guy. They're not the good guy. Our founding fathers knew they weren't the good guy. Right? They're the guy. They're like the boogeyman, right? They're the guy you got to keep your eye on. Right now, somehow, we've given them the power. And just like we, my uncle used to say about naphtha and gats, someday we're going to want it back. Same thing about gold and silver. Someday, and it's going to be, unfortunately, a lot sooner than most people think. We're going to wish it was back. Pedro Radio News Hour. We'll be back after halftime.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis
2: Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Outgoing Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is, by all accounts, a very likable guy. And no one wants to kick someone when he's down. But President Trump was wise to fire him as Secretary of State. Tillerson's outlook was quite different from Trump's and from the agenda Trump was elected on. We have different mindsets, Trump said about Tillerson as a polite understatement. We got along actually quite well, but we disagree on a lot of things. Indeed, Tillerson was the CEO of ExxonMobil, one of the largest multinational corporations in the world. No one could hold that position without being a globalist, and he did not convert quickly enough to the Make America Great Again mindset. Tillerson was never on the same page as President Trump in standing up against, not with, the many parts of the world that are hostile to our sovereign interests. A supporter of phony free trade, Tillerson seemed more like the appeasement type of Secretary of State that we would expect if Hillary Clinton had won the presidential election. It is not merely that Tillerson thought Obama's sweetheart deal with Iran was okay, as Trump complained in announcing his termination of Tillerson. It was also that Tillerson would say and do things out of sync with what the America First stance needs to be. Tillerson was mistakenly trying to use diplomacy with the North Korean communist dictator Kim Jong-un while Trump was pursuing tougher measures. When Trump finally got Tillerson to stop groveling, the situation improved. Even the media concedes that Tillerson's departure will not hinder Trump's highly effective handling of North Korea, which is all Trump and contrary to Tillerson's approach. Given how often Tillerson disagreed during his confirmation hearing with Trump's positions, it is surprising that Tillerson lasted as long as he did. In merely one day of testimony, Tillerson disagreed with Trump about, one, the harmful Trans-Pacific Partnership, two, Russian policies towards the Ukraine, three, so-called climate change. And finally, the need for Japan and South Korea to develop nuclear weapons. Trump was perceptive in his post-firing comments. I think Rex will be much happier now, but I really appreciate his service.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. Go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Don't see a
0: bubble coming? Czechoslovakia. Industrial production falling more than expected. Germany, boy, Germany factory orders fell due to lack of foreign demand. Brazil cut its GDP growth estimates. Italy now says its economy is seeing lower growth as well. And, and that's just to name a few. And didn't you think about uh, some of the things where I, and I'd say this, this is a bigger problem. It's not just us. And it's certainly not isolated, right? Venez- oh, well, that's just Venezuela. No, it's not. And it's growing every day. And think about, remember what I talked about with debt and how hard it is. This is out of Denver. It's official consumers in Colorado appear to be tapped out. This comes at a time when the recovery now the second longest in American history. Okay, so think about that. So already we're on borrowed time, right? To, to say the least. And you think about what we had to we had to sell our souls for it. The second longest Recovery in United States history. And yet, we're, the deficits are growing by a trillion a year more. I mean, I don't even. Two trillion a year, three trillion a year, how big? All to pretend that they fixed it. The stock market's near an all time high. We don't see a bubble. Unemployment. The lowest it's been in decades, right, if you want to believe the headline. Consumer confidence beyond euphoric. And the tax cuts are stroking the best earnings quarter since 2011. Well, I didn't know that 2011, I'm sure we did something spectacular then as well to make everything appear better than what they were unleashing a record amount of stock
1: buybacks.
0: While a real economic recovery could be plausible this late in the business cycle, the unevenness of the recovery has left many residents in Colorado without a paddle. And I do know this. I know, and I've heard uh, from our customers up there when we went up and had the barbecue up there, about this growing homeless population, and they're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere, like in this town. And they're and they're they're talking about the acceleration of real estate, the rise in rent prices all across Colorado is squeeze, squeezing residents out of their homes at an alarming pace. You don't hear that anywhere, right? oh, Oh, the housing prices are up again, right? They're trying to convince you it's the greatest thing ever. Bubble. According to ABC Denver, so the ABC 7, I guess, is the channel there in Denver. Denver metro area skyrocketing cost of living, stagnated wage growth, and lack of affordable real estate has fueled an enormous housing crisis that is overwhelming the state's eviction courts. (laughs) Oh my Lord, we have this housing crisis, right? Oh yeah, I know what you were thinking because I was thinking what? Not enough homes. No, no. We got an eviction court problem. And I want you to Again, and this isn't me. I'm not telling you this. This is what ABC Denver was reporting. Skyrocketing cost of living. But they're saying that there's no inflation. No wage growth. Stagnant wage growth. See, that's stagflation. Things are costing more, but wages aren't rising. And now they have a problem with the state eviction court. Uh, According to the Colorado Center on Law and Policy, uh, they're saying that 27% of all civil cases filed in Colorado in 2017 were evictions, (laughs) 27%, which, by the way, that equals 45,000 evictions. That's just in Denver alone. Eviction cases uh, were 18%. So Colorado as a whole, 27%. Denver alone, 18% of every, think about that, 20 to 25% of all civil cases filed are now evictions. Uh, Arapahoe County, the third most populated county outside of Denver, Eviction cases were nearly twenty two percent of all cases filed. ABC Denver indicates that more than fifty percent now of Coloradoans are renters. Wow. I mean I knew home ownership rates were falling. Right? And and, and I wanted to believe, you know, hey, maybe it's sixty percent. Now according to at least in Denver now, they're saying that the number of of Coloradoans that are renting now exceeds the number that are actually in a home. Yet we got record high prices. What does that say? (laughs) We got a big problem, right? Because that's not how supply and demand curves work. That's not how economics 101 works. Right? Think about it. What did they do? They mispriced debt. Now most Coloradoans cannot afford to own a home. And it's happening everywhere. And Here's the sad part. A lot of them can't even afford the rent. In the Denver metro area, the average cost of a single family home. Now, I know this, all of you that that all of you great customers that we have up there on the front range. Just like we have desert everywhere out here, there's land all over the place in Colorado. Yet the average cost of a home now is five hundred and forty-three thousand dollars. Who can afford that? I wonder what you have to make to be able to afford that. It's got to be over a hundred grand. More and more homes are listing in the range between 500 to 750,000 than all of the price ranges below 500,000 combined. Again, remember what I've told you all along. There's no housing shortage. There's just no houses on the market that people can afford to buy. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll free number. And just you know, it upsets me when they when they lie to us, when they mislead us, when they make things uh, appear. Uh, vastly different than what they really are. And for most of us, we all want to believe it. I know I do. I want to believe that somehow, even though I already know, it's a foregone conclusion for me. We're going to have $40 trillion budget deficit inside 10 years. We won't make it 10 years. Social Security will be out of money within 10 years. What are we going to do? They say that we're going to be paying a trillion dollars a year in interest in 10 years. That's what they say. So what is it really going to be? Have you asked yourself? Because you know it's not a trillion if that's what they're saying. Then you read one of the great growth stories, right? You think, you know, Boise, Idaho, by the way, same problem there right denver colorado phoenix arizona right the 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 boom cities nashville tennessee right and all these places uh any, any name a city in texas right? especially now 70 dollar oil half the people more than half the people rent 25% of all civil cases filed are for eviction. And this is this is the great economic recovery. What does that sound like to you? And remember, the signs are always there. Why do you think the Dow has had such a a tough time this year? Up and down today it's up 160 points today. Well, I'm going to assume oil stocks are killing it. That's my guess. But how is any of that stuff? You know, we broke down the jobs report, right? And they say, oh, jobless claims and unemployment. And yet the reality on the ground, that doesn't add up. Because we know what the jobs are. And I hate to say it, but I know they're bad. They're not good jobs. And listen, even if you got fifteen dollars, you're not buying a house in Denver. <laughs> right? They're they're like five hundred thousand to seven fifty. The amount of housing for sale in that price range is more than all the houses below five hundred thousand dollars that are for sale combined. How do you think that's going to work out? And then they'll tell you, "Oh, I didn't see any bubble sign." And you know what's so funny? We live here in the West, under the Central Bank of San Francisco. And guess what? This guy—we've seen the worst housing crashes. Right? First Janet Yellen, she got promoted. Right? Now John Williams who's uh, the the San Francisco Fed chair, he's getting ready to get promoted to be the New York Fed guy, <laughs> the vice chair. Right? And you just ask, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry. And then you sit there and you, you, you're like, what? we got home ownership rates in the quote-unquote booming areas below 50% evictions making up 25 plus percent of all civil cases being filed and, and, and again and this is part of the problem because see these are facts right what I'm talking about those are facts what they like to talk about on TV the unemployment rate that is not a fact it's not. And what I mean by that is they decide who gets counted and who doesn't. We don't want to count everybody. So therefore, how can it be real? Now, I count all the civil uh, civil forfeiture cases. You can count those. How many of them are evictions? It's simple. You don't leave some out. Inflation. They don't count it. You know what? We like to use rent equivalent. Well I guess if you get evicted from your apartment or your home in Denver, your rent equivalent zero. <laughs> right? There's no inflation. And why would they lie? I mean why? And if some of you out there think lying is too strong of a word, okay. Why do they want to mislead? What's the reason behind it? Because there's really only two reasons and really I don't know if there's two right Are you saying that they're changing these numbers because they want to make things appear better than what they are? or are they changing the numbers so they don't look, worse? And the answer really is simple. Hey, they're not trying to talk down the economy, right? They're trying to pretend how great things are. So they understate inflation. They understate unemployment. They understate how many people aren't in the workforce. They understate what home ownership rates really, truly are. And then they call it a recovery. And and you sit there, and then you try to think when it all comes crashing down again, you know, how did you go bankrupt, right, gradually at first, and then suddenly? This is how. There's nothing gradual about this. Patriot Radio News Hour. Trying to educate the masses. Final segment coming up. Patriot Radio News Hour. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I want to bring you all up to speed. We've been talking about silver, uh, silver eagle supply. I don't have an answer. All of the silver that uh, is available, at least for today, now appears to be gone. I will be raising prices uh, on the website. Uh, this is uh, an issue that's going to continue to plague us, I think, for the rest of the year. Uh, so Silver Eagles pricing, I will get back to you tomorrow. They—they they, Actually, I have to call them in about 25 minutes uh, to get a number from them. They weren't able to even provide me with one. Uh, I'll try to keep you as updated as possible. Uh, but there are alternatives. So Wendy right now, she's done a great job. She's put together uh, some, some Morgan dollars that we were able to, to get a hold of. Uh, 1921s, which if you know anything about Morgan silver dollars, uh, what was it, 1878 uh, all the way to 1921. 1921 is the year they produced millions and millions of them. Uh, they're, they're at $18.25 if you want pre-21. In other words, any date other than a 1921, because they stopped minting them in 1921 and then 1922 came the Beast Dollar. Uh, those are at 19 and a quarter, and I'm going to just let you know. The only thing I'll promise, they're not going to be bent. And if they are, I'll trade them out. We actually had a bent 20 the other day. Someone really did. I'm not kidding. Uh, But they're not going to be bent. They're not going to have holes in them. Uh, But they're not going to win any beauty contest either. Uh, Because if they were really, uh, you you know, like an AU type quality, you'd probably be looking at, you know, somewhere uh, around $38, $39 a coin. So uh, these are just, you know, hey, they're the old. Morgan dollars, uh, 1921s at 18 and a quarter, pre-21s at 1925. We're going to do them in rolls of 20, uh, so you're looking at about 385 a roll. So you're going to be able to get old Morgan dollars, even the the pre-21s, old Morgan dollars Uh, For less than you can get U.S. silver, Eagles, now having said that, there is less silver in the older silver dollars. Uh, But normally, uh, usually, you you spend, you know, a good two, three, four dollars more for the older coins. But uh, this is the silver market that we're living in right now, 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. Uh, if you're looking to, to buy some gold today, I want to say this, give Wendy a call. She's got a couple of things uh, that are available out there. 800-951-0592, barring any big economic news tomorrow. We're going to talk about gold confiscation. Can it happen again? Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, central bank buying of gold, and then lastly, the supply of gold and what it all could mean for future prices. Patriot Radio News Hour. Everyone out there, take care. Have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow.